Say this year, this year. we're moving into our building. Into our this building. year, I'm telling you, this is the year. It's our year. Say and see. Say and see. This year, we're in our building. Matter of fact, let's make it present tense because faith is present tense. This year, this year. we are in our building. In our Thank our you building. for our building, Lord. Thank you for our building. Amen. 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 Well, let's open up tonight. Um, get in the word. We're going to renew our minds. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for tonight's service, Lord. I thank you for divine utterances. I thank you, Father, for the boldness to preach those utterances, Lord. And we're so grateful for all that you've done, Lord. I thank you, Father. May my words be your words tonight. In Jesus' name, we will not leave the same. Amen. You believe that? Praise God. Open up your Bibles tonight, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 6. Amen. I hope you have your Bible, your journal, whatever you take notes on, and you're ready to get in the Word. You've put off all the distractions. You've got your kids set up. You know, they're doing something. They could be sitting there on the couch listening with you. Amen. How many of you know your kids need to hear the Word? Yes. Amen. Your kids need to hear the Word just as much as you do. Wow. Praise God. I'm so grateful. When I was young, I was always, my parents always had us in church. They always had their daughters in church because why? They didn't just drop us off at the church and leave us. They were always in church. They were serving in church. And and because of them, their faithfulness, the word was um, implanted. It was was rooted in our lives and me and my sister's lives. And praise God, we're all serving in our local church today. Amen? Amen. And that's because we had faithful parents who were faithful to the local church. Why? Because they were faithful to God. You know, I told Pastor Marcus the other day, I don't know how faithful you can be to God if you're not faithful to the local church. Because that's his house. And when you're faithful to someone, you're there. A faithful person, they're there. Not just physically, but their heart is there. Their heart is there. You know, this is the year of the local church. And we know God's doing mighty things in the local church. And that you have a place in the local church. Yeah. Say, I have a place, I have a place. In, the church. in the local church. Praise God. So important to be in the local church. Now, that's not my message, but it's a good one. <laughs> it'll save your life. I said it'll save your life. It'll keep you living a long life if you'll get plugged in. If you'll honor that place. If you'll connect, not just your, your body physically, just, well, here I am. But you're connecting your heart and saying, Lord, What do you have for me here? What do you want me to bring to this place? Amen. Amen. Praise God. If you're not sure, ask your pastor. They'll tell you where they need help. Amen. Amen. That's the best best place to start. Pastor, what do you need me to do? I'm here. I'm ready. Praise the Lord. You're a willing vessel. Ready and able. And then God makes you, he he gives you those abilities and puts the the grace and the the anointing on you to carry out something you thought you could never do. Right. You thought you could never do, but you get involved in the local church. Woo, man, the good things that happen when you get plugged into God. I'm talking wholeheartedly. Like I said, that's not my message. So are you in Ephesians chapter (laughs) 6? But we could go a preaching there tonight if we wanted to. Amen. Amen. We could go a preaching about the local church. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's just worship God just for a minute. Praise you, Father God. We worship you, Jesus. 
We worship you, Jesus. We just worship you. We honor you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for all that you have. Yes, we do. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't God good? He's so faithful. He is such a faithful, faithful God. Amen. Are you in Ephesians chapter 6? Verse 10 says, Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Come on. The devil's going to come, but you're going to have to stand. Yeah. Right? It says you, you're going to put on that whole armor, armor. you're going to be strong in the Lord because you're going to be able to, you're going to be able to need to stand against the wiles or the tricks of the devil. You know, just because you start going to church, just because you, you've asked Jesus into your heart doesn't mean uh, it's all, you know, easy now. Yeah. Now, life is easier because you've got answers now. Yes. You go to church, you get answers for your life. You know what to do when the, that opposition comes, right? Yeah. This goes on to say, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. You're never battling man. It's always the enemy. It's always the devil and all of his, his, you know, his little host, his little army. Uh, it says, you don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world. There is another world. Uh, there is a spiritual world, and you can't see it. Yeah. You know, people have, you know, through, through the Lord, they've, some people have had the privilege to see angels or to see, um, to see a demon or, you know, to see something in the spirit world. Some people have seen that, but that's not the norm. Mm -hmm. But there is a spiritual world. And when there is opposition uh, going on in your life, um, a lot of times it's due to the enemy. Well, it could be due to your flesh. It uh, could be due to the world, but also the enemy, the devil. He'll try and, and um, he'll, he'll work up people. He'll use people to get you angry, to get you mad. They may not be kind to you. They may be rude to you. But see, you're not fighting against that person. There's a spirit uh, behind that person. There's a spirit driving that person, that behavior. You know, when you see someone get really angry, um, you can see it in their eyes. It's almost, <clears throat> uh, if I could say, uh, demonic. You see that spirit there when they, you know, you've seen someone, if you've seen someone ever get really angry and kind of lose control. Well, that's not... Uh, that person, they could be yielding to the flesh. But sometimes when they escalate, boy, there could be, there's a demonic influence there. Mm -hmm. And you can see it in their eyes. Mm -hmm. So the Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We're, when you have something going on in your life and you think that person did this and that, no, it's not that person. It's the enemy and he likes to use people. Yeah. Right? right? And so um, it says, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Amen. Yeah. So it says uh, that you will not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against. In other words, you're going to have to wrestle. Mm -hmm. Doesn't say you won't wrestle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It says you, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but there is a fight of faith. 
and it's against the enemy. It's against the evil one. It's against powers and rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You know, I was reading a, a book earlier, and it's a story of a pastor who came in, and he, he took over, he became the pastor of this church, and, you know, something just didn't feel right in there, and something just wasn't right. And so um, he decided, I'm going to fast and pray and find out what this is. So he went into the church building and he, you know, he was fasting. He started praying. And one day as he looked up into the rafters of the church, he saw into the spirit realm. And he saw this creature and it looked like, it looked like an ape slash gorilla. See, it was, it was a demonic uh, a demon. He saw into the spirit world. God, God allowed him to see that. And when he saw that, he thought, oh, that's the problem. And he took authority over it. And he said, you need to get out of this church yeah. in Jesus' name. You need to go. See, he wasn't fighting. You know, that place, maybe it was a dry, maybe when he was preaching, it just, it was hard to preach in. It could have been a dry place. They're like, what's going on? It wasn't the people. Right. There was a spirit influencing that place mm -hmm. right now we yeah. just read you're fight you're not fighting against flesh and blood against but against principalities powers rulers of the darkness of this world see the devil is the god lowercase g of this world adam gave uh gave over his dominion to the devil when adam you know, took a bite and and adam and eve fell now the devil is the God of this world. So when people say, I don't know why bad things happen. You know, I can't believe God would allow this to happen. God does not have um, authority over this world unless we as believers take our authority mm -hmm. yeah. because we're co-laborers with God. Right. The enemy, the reason all these bad things are happening, you know, when bad things happen, that's the devil. Mm -hmm. The Bible says he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Right. But God has come to give us life. So anything that's bad, that comes from the devil. You're, you're fighting these rulers of the darkness of this world. That's what the Bible calls them. They're the rulers of this world. Yeah. And so when that pastor looked up, he saw that ape gorilla looking demon and he commanded it to leave. And he said as it started heading, it started heading towards the door. Because the Bible says resist the devil mm -hmm. and he will flee. Yeah. So when you tell the devil to go, he has to go. And so as the pastor was resisting him, telling him to get out, he said that that demon got, you know, close to the door and kind of sheepishly looked back like, do I really need to leave? Mm -hmm. See, the enemy, he'll always try and stay. Mm -hmm. He'll always try and stay. He'll always try and have a foothold in your life. Yeah. But the pastor said, no, no, I told you to go. Now you get in Jesus' name. You go. And he said he watched that demon run out of that church and it ran into a nightclub. Well, that'll preach, but I won't go there. <laughs> you be careful. Don't you step into places where the enemy is. That's right. I remember when my kids were young, we'd watch the news sometimes. We're like, all these bad things are happening. Where are they happening? At the nightclubs after 2 a.m. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not a, you know, that's not a random thing. No, it's not. So that, that, in, that devil, that demon, you know, the devil can't do everything. So he's got demons that do his work, just like God has angels that work on his behalf for us. Amen. And so anyway, so that demon ran out and ran right into a nightclub. 
But see, that's what the scripture says. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're not fighting against man. There's rulers of this world that we are fighting. But guess what? The Bible says we fight the good fight of faith. What is that fight? It's a fight of our words. So that's what that pastor did. He rebuked that demon and it left. And when the minister, another minister came back, the reason he found this out because the, there was a minister that had come before the pastor was there. He goes, man, this place is hard to preach in. Well, when he came back, there's this new pastor there and he's the one who cast that demon out. He saw it and he said, What'd you, what's going on here? What would you do different? And that's when the pastor said, I, I started fasting and praying and the Lord showed me this spiritual wickedness this this demonic uh demon and he resisted it amen praise god you can resist the devil and he will flee amen hallelujah so we are there will be a wrestling if i could say but it's a fight of faith so just remember you don't wrestle against flesh and blood so don't get mad at people get mad at the devil i said don't get mad at people Get mad at the devil because the enemy influences people. He influences how they think. Uh And then how they think is how they, how they speak and how they act. Uh Just like God, God, aren't we grateful? He influences us through his word. That's why it's so important. We're reading our Bible. We're listening to the word. Why? His, his word, it influences us. It causes us to think differently. Amen. So let's open up our Bibles to James chapter one. Praise the Lord. Now it goes on to say that where we were just reading, um, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. And then it says, stand therefore. So we're talking about standing tonight. Amen. You've been believing God for some things. Or some of you are facing opposition right now. Some of you, you're going through a hard time right now. And that's the enemy. He's trying to steal from you. He's trying to kill those dreams steal from you what you've been believing God for, what rightfully belongs to you. And the devil's a thief and he's a liar and he doesn't play fair. But you have more power backing you up. You've got the host of heaven backing you up. You just have to take your authority. You have to know who you are in Christ. You've got to know what belongs to you and take what belongs to you. And you've got to be aggressive about it. Because if we're passive, if we lay around and we just wait for God to do things, nothing will ever happen. And I would dare say if we wait around for God to do something, then uh, not so good things might happen. That's why God has given us the authority. I said he's given you authority to take dominion over the enemy. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Matter of fact, let's, let's, let's go to a little bit different direction here. Let's go to, um, let's go to James chapter four. We're going to go there. Amen? Amen. We have to resist the devil. You're not fighting against flesh and blood. This trial, this test that you've been, uh, facing, it's the, it's the enemy and he's trying to steal, kill and destroy. And you've got to stand up and take what belongs to you. Take it. Why? Because it's already yours. Mm -hmm. Healing already is yours. It was done 2,000 years ago. Financial prosperity, it's yours. You have a covenant with God. You're a covenant child of a covenant God. And it belongs to you. We're not trying to get something. 
We're not trying to get uh, prosperity, get our healing, we get our restoration. We're taking those things because they belong to us as children of God. You know, my kids don't have to go look at the refrigerator and say, I wish I could take that. I wish I could, I just want to take that. You know, I, I would say, just open up the refrigerator and take it. Yeah. You know, when God's saying to you, open up my word and take what belongs to you tonight. Amen. Take what belongs to you. Stop accepting defeat. Yeah. Stop accepting doubt. Those thoughts of doubt that have been coming to you. They're, they're lies of the devil. And he wants you to believe them. Yeah. He wants you to believe them so he can take you out. So you won't fulfill the plan of God. But you've got to rise up and say, devil, you're not coming here. I'm a child of God. I know who I am. Amen. And you can't come and tell me those lies. He's been lying to you. I really feel like there's this, just this opposition, lies of the enemy. And if you just sit there and take it, he will continue to defeat you. And it starts in your thought life. He'll defeat you in your thought life. You, we sit there sometimes, and I, I've done this myself. You sit there and you, your mind starts to wander. It starts to go to places. And if you allow it, it's like when you take on one care, it's like you open a door to the rest of all the children of care. Yeah. The next thing you know, you've got all these other little thoughts that you weren't even thinking about. It's just the same thing with doubt and unbelief. Mm-hmm. You let one thought in, one lie of the enemy, The next thing you know, he's got his little foothold. The devil's got his little foothold in your life. So you don't accept those lies. When the devil says you're not going to make it, you say, I am going to make it. God is on my side. If God be for me, who can be against me? When the devil says you're weak, you don't have enough strength, you say, God is the strength of my life. You say, I'm an overcomer. I overcome the world by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testament. I overcome the devil. You're an overcomer. He's already made you an overcomer. You're a victor. You've already won. Amen. But you're fighting that fight of faith with your words, but you already know the outcome. You already know the outcome. But if you don't take your victory with your words, you don't get to experience the outcome of being a winner. And it feels good to be a winner. feels good to win. How much more spiritually when you've got another notch on your belt been through this, done that, next, and you're just conquering, conquering, conquering. You're an overcomer. You're a conqueror. God has made you a conqueror. Don't ever let any person tell you otherwise. Don't ever let any person put you down and tell you you're not worth it. Tell you that that, uh, you're dumb, you're stupid. That's a lie from the devil. And the devil uses people. You don't allow people. You don't allow those voices in your life. You don't allow him because that's, allow. it's from the enemy and he's trying to beat you down. He doesn't want you to know who you are. Yeah. James 4, 7 says, submit yourself to God. Right. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Right. Resist the devil. We have to take our authority. Amen. Amen. We have to tell the devil, you go in Jesus' name. You take your hands off of my kids. You can't have my kids. You can't have my health. I'm, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. You tell the devil, you go, you leave this house. When strife tries to come in, that's, that's a, that's, that's, it's a lot of it. It's the flesh, you know, you're yielding to the flesh. You want your own way. Don't allow it in. 
Uh, I, I love what one minister said, strife is the very presence of the devil himself. When you start getting in strife, angry, contentious, rude words, uh, you're, you're arguing. That's what strife is. You're arguing. You're bickering back and forth. You're allowing the enemy to come in and you're giving him a foothold. See, the Bible says give no place to the devil. We're not giving the, any place in our lives to the devil. And parents, if you give the devil a place in your life, he'll, he'll try and it comes, from you, go, comes to you down to your kids. Don't you allow the enemy in. That's right. You resist those lies. Resist Say, devil, that's not my thought. Because he'll thought. try and give you thoughts that aren't yours. That's right. yeah. Anything of defeat, doubt, unbelief telling you you're not going to make it, telling you it's too hard. Liar, devil. <laughs> There's a movie that we like to watch. Liar. Uh -huh. You tell the devil, liar, you're a liar. Uh -huh. And you can't. You can't say that to me. I don't receive that. See, you don't receive those lies. You say, nope, devil, that's not my thought. You're a liar, and I rebuke that in right. Jesus' name. Right. You're casting those thoughts down. Yes. You're resisting the devil. Amen? Yes. You've got to have a resolve about you. Right. A resolve. A resolve. You keep that devil out. You have a resolve. I'm going to open up my mouth and answer when the devil tries to come. come tries to tell me that this, you know, this is, there's death at the end of this. No, there's not death. There's not death at the end of this. He is the way, the truth, and the life. You know, even if, you know, <laughs> we're all going to die one day. We're all going to die. You know, we're all going to die one day. And there is nothing to fear when we go on to heaven. When this natural body dies, your spirit goes right up to heaven. The Bible says to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. So guess what? Even in death, you win. That's right. Even in death, you win. Mm -hmm. The devil's a liar. He'll try to make you fear things. There's no fear there. Yeah. There's no fear in death. Mm -hmm. So even if you've had someone that you love dearly pass away, the enemy, he'll try and use that. Mm -hmm. Oh, look, you know, it didn't work. They're believing God. No. You know, you don't let your mind go to places as to why something worked or didn't work. Right. You don't let your mind go there because the devil, he'll point out other people's, um, he'll point out losses to you mm -hmm. because he wants you to focus on the loss. Mm -hmm. You're, we're never supposed to focus on any loss. We focus on what does the word say? Right. What does the word say? Amen. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad you serve a living God who's alive and well, and we get to taste and see that the Lord is good, amen, here in the land of the living. Amen. Amen. Now let's turn to James chapter 1, a couple chapters back, verse 5. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Tell me when you get there. James 1, verse 5 says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith. Do you see that? Yeah. Do you see that? A lot of people, they ask, but they're not asking in faith. Oh, good. And right here, James is saying, but you're going to ask God, but ask in faith. Too many times we're asking God for things and we haven't attached our faith to it. And that's why we're not seeing the results. That's right. 
and we flippantly, God, I want this, I want that, Lord, I need this, and we haven't attached our faith to it. There's no expectation. There's no, I have it now. It's just, it comes from an empty place. And he says, let him ask in faith. When you ask, attach your faith to your asking. What are you believing God for this year? This is our year to say and see, right? So what are you believing him for? Attach your faith to it when you say it, when you declare it, when you call it in, attach your faith to it. Don't do it randomly. We are faith people. We're attaching our faith. I'm attaching my faith. I thank you, Father. My faith goes to work. And I have faith because I've been listening to the word, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I've been listening to the word. I've been putting his word in front of my eyes by reading the Bible. By reading my scriptures, I've got my scripture I'm standing on. So my heart is full of faith. So when I ask, I'm asking in faith. Knowing that when I ask, he hears me. And when he hears me, I have. Isn't that what the word says in John, 1 John? I ask and he hears me. And when he hears me, I have. I have it. I have it. Amen. Amen. So you have to attach your faith to your asking. Just like in any other area. When you give, attach your faith to your giving. Don't just do it, well, I'm just giving my tithe. I'm just sowing a seed for missions. Yeah, there you go. It's just my duty. No, I'm attaching my faith to my giving. I'm expecting to see the results of a tither. I'm expecting to see I'm I'm in covenant with God. The blessings of the Lord are upon me. That's me attaching my faith. How do I attach my faith? I'm reeling it in with my words. I'm reeling that in. Thank you, Father. I've sowed seed. I thank you for the harvest on that. Amen. So I can give in faith. I'm not just giving but I'm giving in faith. I'm not just saying, but I'm saying it in faith. Amen. Amen. What about when you serve? When you're serving in the local church? Are you attaching your faith to your serving? Are you just serving? Because, you know, that's what we do. We just serve. Our whole family, we just serve. Yeah, I got to go serve. It's my turn in the nursery. You know, I got to be a door greeter again. You know, and that's not attaching faith right. to your serving. Because when you're in faith, you're happy. <laughs> there's joy and peace yes. when you're in faith. That's right. I said there's joy and peace when you're in faith. Amen. So you're attaching your faith to your serving. You know you're serving God. Can you imagine going to church and expecting to see, I'm going to church today and I, there's God sitting on the stage in his big throne. Yeah. There he is. I mean, really, God is there. But we just think, well, you know, I'm just doing this for my mom. She wants me to serve in the nursery. You know, I'm just doing this for pastor because they always say we should be serving, you know. And you're not attaching your faith to it. And so you're not getting the results that you would like. Mm -hmm. And anything that's a drudgery is not in faith. Mm -hmm. You're giving. You're serving. Oh, man, I got to confess again. I got to say again. That's not in faith. Because there's no joy there. Mm -hmm. So get your joy on. And decide, I'm attaching my faith to this. Amen. It's not done out of necessity. My saying isn't done out of necessity or because I I have to do it. I got to serve again. I got to give again. I got to confess again, man. No, this is the faith life. It's a joy life. I get to serve. I get to give. I get to confess the word over my family. I get to see what God's going to do. And I know he's going to do it because I'm in covenant with him. And I'm speaking the word and I'm activating my faith and my faith works because we're faith people. Hallelujah. Faith is always willing. 
It's always when there's a willingness attached to the obedience. Amen. That's faith. So attach your heart, attach your will, attach your faith. I love what my pastor says. Pastor Nancy Dufresne says, his will is my home. If I'm now, this is me. I was just meditating on it. If I'm not in his will, then obviously we're out of his will, right? (laughs) And I'm doing this life thing on my own. And I didn't get born again and ask Jesus into my heart and come to God to do this on my own. See, there's a lot of Christians out there. Mm -hmm. They're doing life on their own. They're doing what they want, when they want it. They didn't ask the Lord. Uh Are they in the will of God or out of the will of God? They probably don't care. Maybe they don't know. Or to them, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And hopefully God's in this with me. And then they're suffering. They go through things that that they wouldn't have had to go through if they would have said, Lord, am I supposed to be doing this? Is this where I'm supposed to go? Is this what I'm supposed to do? Right? So when you get into your own will, you kind of get into this foreign territory. You know, it's unknown. And you're bumping around because it's all foreign to you. It's not your home. It's not God's will. It's your own will. And as Christians, and especially in this day and age, we have to be really careful not to be stubborn. Mm -hmm. I want to do my own thing. I don't don't care what they say. They don't know me. I don't care what they think. You know, well, that's that's wrong. Because there comes a point where you should care sometimes what people are thinking. What does your pastor think? What do your parents think? What does God think? Mm -hmm. Right? If you don't care what anybody thinks, you're in a very dangerous place. Now, I'm not saying go overboard and I can't do this unless they, what do they think, what do they think? I'm not talking about that. Mm-hmm. Stay in the middle of the road, but you should care. Should care. What does my spouse think about this? What do you think, honey? Are we in unity? Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I don't care what they think. You're in dangerous territory. Then you're not submitted to God. Mm-hmm. You're kind of doing your own thing, right? And I don't want to, I don't want to, like I said, I didn't get saved to do my own thing. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. So many people want the plan of God to come to pass. You know, you can pray for the plan of God to come to pass in your life. But if you're not yielded to God, you can pray all you want. It's not going to come to pass. What did God tell you to do? Well, I don't want to do it. Doesn't matter. What did God tell you to do? Well, I don't want to do it. Well, you know what? Make yourself want to. Get willing. Get willing. Get the want to on. And, And there's joy there. We say, Lord, your will be done in my life. Amen. Mm-hmm. Not my will, but your will. You know, it's a, such, such a slight adjustment. Amen. Right. So we're attaching our faith to our saying, to our giving, to our serving. Yes. We're attaching faith to it. And there's a willingness there. There's a yieldedness when yeah. you're in faith. Yeah. You're, why? Because you're not trusting in yourself anymore. That's right. You're completely yeah. trusting in the Lord. That's right. And you know, when you don't want to do something and God tells you to do it, You've got to say, Lord, your will is my home. This is what you want me to do. I'm going to do it and I'm going to be willing. Because the Bible says those who are willing and obedient eat the good of the land. Some versions say those who are willing and obedient will eat the best the land has to offer. There's there's some best things out there that God wants to offer you. It's the best. It's the best. (laughs) It's the best. But you have to be willing and obedient. So River Church, when you're serving, be willing. Have a willing heart. When you're giving, have a willing heart. When you're asking in faith, 
when you're asking God for something, attach your faith to it. Amen. When he tells you to do something, have a willing heart. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So James 1, we're still there, verse 7 and 8, says, Don't let that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. If he is a double-minded man, he's unstable in all his ways. Right? So faith, you're attaching your faith to what whatever you're calling in into your life this year, whatever you're saying, you're not just saying empty words. You're attaching your faith to it. But you can't be double-minded. What does that mean? You know, you speak the right words one minute, and the next minute you're talking to your spouse, and you're saying, yeah, I don't know how we're going to make it this year. You know, but right before that, you were, you were sending someone a text about, man, God meets all my needs. Right? right? But then in your home, it's different. You know, right. You're crying to your spouse. So you can't have a forked tongue. Say one thing to somebody, another thing yeah. to another person, or say one thing at one hour, another yeah. thing at another hour. Mm-hmm. You've got to be single-minded, mm-hmm. not double-minded. Because when you're double-minded, you're unstable in all your ways. If you're wavering in an area, then you need to feed your faith. Amen. Uh, You need to feed on the word. I'm going to make sure I have my scriptures I'm standing on. I'm feeding on his word daily for myself. If I feel low, if my mind is like, oh, I don't know. You know, you're just double minded. You keep going back and forth. Feed your faith. Feed your faith. Become single minded. What does the word say? Resist the devil. When he tries to throw in those thoughts, we're not going to be double minded because a double minded man won't receive anything from the Lord. See, you can't, you know, you can't believe God for something and say the right words and then go to bed at night and worry about it. Right. Because now you're not in faith anymore because now you're in worry. Right. Been there, done that. Worry keeps my faith from working. Yeah. So then I got to resist the worry. Say, no, that's not my care. I'm not going to worry about that, Lord. I put it in your hands. I'm staying in faith on this matter. Right? right? But if you start to feel double-minded or you're, you're going back and forth, feed your faith. Amen? Amen. Feed your faith. Amen. Say, I'm feeding my faith. Feed That's what we're doing tonight. Faith. We're feeding our faith on what does the Word say. Amen? Amen. Praise God. And I think we're going to get ready to close here. But I want to look at some verses on angels tonight. Amen. Because when you feed your faith, you're asking in faith, the angels go to work for you. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? All right, so let's open our Bibles to Hebrews. I'm sorry, Psalms, we'll go here first. Psalms 103, verse 20. So why is it important that our words are, why is it important that faith is attached to our words? Why is it important that we're speaking God's word? We're speaking his word over our bodies when sickness comes. No, by his stripes I am healed. He sent his word and healed me and delivered me, right? Or when you're, you're believing God for finances, my God shall supply all my needs. Amen. You're, you're speaking his word. You know that God's word, there's power backing it up. You're attaching your faith. You're believing God. When you speak it, the minute you're speaking it, you have it. Your faith is now. I said, your faith is now. It's not, well, my God will bring it soon. No, my God supplies all my needs now. Jesus is my healer now. By his stripes, I am healed now. My faith is now. I'm attaching my faith to my words, even when I'm speaking scripture. Just because you're speaking scripture, make sure you're attaching your faith to it. Right? Amen. Okay. So why is it important, though, 
to speak the right words, attach your faith to it. Psalms 103 verse 20, when you speak God's words, the angels go to work. Mm -hmm. The Bible says in Psalms 103 verse 20, bless the Lord, you his angels who excel in strength, who do his word, hearkening or heeding the voice of his word. Mm -hmm. So here we see that angels do his word. Angels hearken to the voice of his word. So when angels hear you speaking his words, his words of faith, they hearken to your words. If they're God words, they're hearkening. It says they hearken to the voice of his word. So you've got to put his word in your mouth. And when you do, that word hearken means they hear and they do. Mm -hmm. They hear and they do his word, okay? So we see that angels hear and do his word. So that's why it's so important to keep his word in your mouth. So now in Hebrews, turn to Hebrews chapter 1, we see that angels are ministers for you. They're ministers for you. They're they've come, you know, you're each born with an angel. Mm -hmm. You have your own angel. But they're ministers. Uh, they bear you up. They, they, they offer protection. But they're hearkening to God's word in your mouth. Mm -hmm. If you're not putting his words in your mouth, releasing angels go, they're just sitting there. I remember... Several years back, it's been a while now, Pastor Marcus was, um, uh, he woke up one morning and he said, Melina, we used to have this chase lounge, remember that, in our room. And uh, he said, Melina, I saw two, did you say two angels? Mm -hmm. Two angels and they were sitting on this chase lounge and they were like twiddling their thumbs. And I said, oh, well, they're waiting for you to tell them what to do right? They're waiting for you to tell them what to do. So you have angels. Are they working on your behalf right now? Mm -hmm. Have you put God's words in your mouth? Because they're hearkening to his word. So that's why it's important. How powerful that is. How powerful that is. His words in your mouth, right? And so here in Hebrews 1.14, it says, are they not all ministering spirits? sent forth to minister, talking about angels, to minister for those who will inherit salvation. That's us. They are ministering spirits for us. Yeah. So we have angels. You have an angel just for you. Mm -hmm. Some of you may have more than one angel. And they're ministers for you. They're going to go do something for you. Just like when you go to the restaurant and you have the server and you say, I need this, I want to order this. And you know, they're, they're, your, they're gonna take your order, right? They're hearkening to the voice of his word. His word's in your mouth. They're kind of come and minister for you. What do you need? What do you need to be served? Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. The angels come for your words. Let's look at Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. Amen. Amen. Now we don't worship angels. We're not asking God to see angels. We don't ask God to see things in the spirit realm. We're not asking God to see those things. The Bible says, blessed are those who 
believe and don't see, right? right? Have not seen. That's what Jesus told Thomas. And we don't, I, you know, faith, this faith life, I don't have to see an angel. I know I have them. You have an angel, right? Yeah. Praise God. Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. Say amen when you get there. Amen. Then he said to me, so an angel had come to Daniel. Daniel was fasting and praying. And the angel said to him, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day, that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. Your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. This scripture right here has been going off in me for the last few days. So let's read it again because it's so good. Then the angel, he said to me, the angel, do not fear, Daniel. For from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble, let's look at this right here, humble yourself before your God. In other words, he's not doing his own thing. He's not doing his own thing. He's humbled. He's, he's, he's yielded to God. And to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. From the first day, when you speak God's words out of your mouth, your words are heard in heaven. Your words are heard by your angels. Your God words, when you put God's word in your mouth, and they will come because of your words. You'll put them to work for you because of God's word, because they hearken to his word in your mouth. It's so important that we speak the right words. You know, when angels hear God's word coming out of your mouth, they go into action. Amen. They go into action and they start moving and influencing things in the spirit realm, amen, amen. to make God's word come to pass for you. Amen. That's why it's so important to speak his words. But what happens on the other hand, if you start speaking garbage, unbelief, doubt, you know, all oh, my bills, when are we ever going to get caught up? No, they're probably going to turn off our lights. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make my mortgage payment this year. Oh my gosh, COVID. You know, what happens? Now you've just taken your angels out of the picture. They're still there, but your words are running contrary to what God's word says. And in that that doubt and unbelief, they just, you know, kind of just fold their hands. Mm -hmm. They just sit there. Because there's nothing they can do without God's word in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. So it's important for us to speak God's word and to do it consistently. Amen. Yeah. Praise God. And then they'll go and get that provision for you. Hallelujah. 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 So you've got angels working on your behalf. I'm going to close with this. This is out of Kenneth Hagin's book, um, How God Taught Me About Prosperity. Um, whenever you need finances, but you can do this for healing. You can do it for what are you believing God for this year? Some of you believe in God for a house. Maybe you're believing God for a, a child. Um, whatever you're believing God for. Maybe you're believing God for a promotion. Maybe some of you believe in God for a spouse, right? You want your Boaz. You believe in God for, for um, you know, him to bring you the right one. Hey, you start saying, this is my year. This is my year. I- I'm getting it now. My faith is now. Amen? Amen. Now, if you're believing God for a spouse, make sure that you are prepared yourself. Don't ask, you know, I want this guy (laughs) who's all fit, 
goes to the gym. Um, he's got muscles, you know, he really takes care of himself, you know, and here you are, you don't have a job, you don't work out, you're, you know, you're eating ice cream out of the tub, you know, let's have some standards for our own life, you know, the same standards that you're believing God for, right? right. Come on now, let's not be, you know, here we are living this life and we want this high thing. Well, come up to that standard then. Yeah. Be what you want. Yeah. Be what you're believing God for. Even if you're believing God for a job, let's say you don't have a job right now. Start becoming that employee that you would hire. Yeah. Maybe you want your own business. Become that employee that you would want to work in your business. Good. Be faithful with what God has put in your hands. That could be your body because your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You have to take care of it. Mm -hmm. It could be your, your bosses. You're taking care of something for your boss. Be faithful with what he's given you and he'll promote you. Yes. Always treat another man's as if it were your own. Mm -hmm. Amen. So take care of what you have. That was just a little side note there. But when you need something, number one, claim what you need. Because we said earlier that Satan is the God of this world, right? So claim what you need and ask for it. Declare it. Claim it in faith. Mm -hmm. Attach your faith to it. Say, I'm attaching my faith, my faith. To, my asking, to my asking, to my claiming. To my now, listen, we're not begging God for things. Dear God, please, God, please. There's no faith in that. There's no, my kids don't have to say, please, Mom, please, I need food. I need food. I'd be like, it's right there. Go get the food. It's, it's in the refrigerator. You may have to make it yourself, but it's there, right? Go. God's saying, look, I already... Yeah. I went to the grocery store. I went to hell. I defeated the host of hell. I defeated the devil. Victory is yours. Take it. Amen. So I, you don't have to beg for victory. See, the, the world, they'll beg for victory or, or religious people because they don't know what belongs to them, right? Yeah, yeah. So claim what you need. Attach your faith to it. Number two, resist the devil. Say, Satan, you take your hands off my... What are you believing God for? Maybe you're right. believing God for a car. Satan, take your hands off my car in Jesus' name. Because see, the devil, he'll try and hold, he'll hold things up. Yeah. In Daniel, when the angel came, he said, I have come because of your words. But right after that, he says, there was the, the prince of Persia, it, it withheld me for 21 days. See, there was principalities, powers, darkness of the world. The angel had come. He didn't, he, he wanted to get there sooner, but there was... See, we fight not against flesh and blood. The enemy was holding it up. So you've got to tell the devil to use your authority. Say, Satan, take your hands off my, could be your body. Take your hands off my body in Jesus' name. Or Satan, take your hands off my finances. Or Satan, take your hands off my business in Jesus' name. What do you need him to take your hands off, his hands off of? Because he'll put his hands all over all your stuff if you'll let him. Right, number one, claim what you need. Ask in faith. Do it in faith. Number two, tell Satan, take your hands off of whatever you believe in God for. You resist the devil. That's resisting the devil. Yeah. Tell him, take your hands off of my car yeah. in Jesus. I resist you. You go in Jesus' name. And number three, now you're going to release your angels. What are they? They're ministering spirits. They're, they've come to minister for you, to serve you. So you're going to say, angels, go and cause that home to come. Or angels, go and cause that car to come. Amen. Angels, you go and cause it to come. Maybe you need a new body part. Maybe you need, you know, there was a, 
uh, I don't know, can't remember who it was, but a, a minister, and he had a, I think he had a vision or he went to heaven. I'm not quite sure which one it was, but he was in heaven or saw a vision of heaven, and there was a warehouse full of body parts, full of body parts in heaven. If you need a body part, God has it. So angels, go cause that body part to come. Go get that body part. I need a new heart. I need a new uh, kidney. I need a new lung. That's not too hard for God. It's easy for him. It's easy for him. What do you need? Tell those angels, go. Angels, I need a promotion. Angels, I need, a, I need that job. Go get it. Well, you're asking actually God. You're telling God what you need, but then you're telling the angels, go get it. Amen? And then from then on out, you don't have to keep asking God. Thank God I've got my car. Thank God I've got my business. Hallelujah. Thank God I've got that new kidney. Hallelujah. I've got a new kidney. Thank you, Jesus. I've got a new heart. Hallelujah. It's a strong heart. Thank God for it from then on out. So let's go over those one more time. You need to write this down. Amen. And put it up because this is how you're going to uh, take what belongs to you. Number one, claim what you need and take it in faith. Attach your faith to it. Number two, tell Satan. You resist him and say, Satan, take your hands off of that. Take your hands off it because he's trying to hold it up. And number three, what's number three? The angels say, go ministering spirits, go angels and cause that to come. And then number four, hallelujah. I'm thanking God for it. I'm thanking God for our building. Hallelujah. Our building, we have it now. This is our year for the building, our own permanent location where we're going to take possession of it this year. Come on, we're going to have a place of authority in this city this year. This year. Come on, hallelujah. And God's moving some of you into new houses yes. this year. Yes. Your new car, that new body part you need. Say it and see it this year. Amen. This year. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you serve a living God? Yes. Aren't you glad you can come in agreement with his word and know that your words have the the power of heaven backing them up? The angels are going to work. They're hearkening to your words. Yeah. Woo! When you say, my God supplies all my needs, those angels, they go, Voom, and they go. They go to supply all your need. They go get the supply that God has for you, and they bring it to you. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, Father God, we just love you. We thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for those angels. Yeah, there's angels. Thank you, Father, for those angels. They're going forth. They're bringing us our building. Hallelujah, angels. You go forth. Cause it to come. We've already, we've already resisted the devil. Come on. We've taken that building by faith. We thank you. We just thank God for our building. Hallelujah. And those angels, some of you need to put your angels to work. They've been sitting around twiddling their thumbs. You put them to work this year. Amen. You put, put them to work. Year of great deliverance, remarkable, notable differences are taking place this year. 
in your life if you'll expect it. Amen. We love you so much. Women, we expect to, hopefully you can join us on Friday night. Let us know. We've got a good amount of women signed up. I'm excited to see your face. And then maybe next month we'll get together in person. That'll be fun. Hallelujah. And then Sunday, join us for church. Don't forget March 21st, we have Pastor Nancy Dufresne. We are so excited. We're praying. I'm praying every night at seven o'clock, praying, praying for utterances when she comes, praying for the boldness to preach the word that her, the word of the Lord will be glorified and magnified. Amen. And that she'll operate in that full, uh, the full function of her office, the full, yeah, the, the full function of the full manifestation of her office. Amen. Full measure of her office. Praise the Lord. Well, we love you all. We will see you Friday night, women, and Sunday, everyone else. Have a great night.